0: They'll do the exact routine because when you get in the routine, you get in the zone. So allow yourself, get yourself in the zone, ready to sell. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk,
1: where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we're talking with Wes Schaefer, and we're going to talk about how to optimize your selling time in the field. So, Wes is CEO and founder of The Sales Whisperer, a sales training, marketing, and consulting firm. He's a sales coach, keynote speaker, inbound marketing expert, copywriter, and consultant to many top tech companies. Wes is also a podcaster himself, hosting the sales podcast, which has more than 300 episodes, which I can't imagine.
0: <laughs> and and the one CR- at a
1: time, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the CRM sushi podcast. Uh, he's author of the definitive guide to infusion soft. And it takes more than a big smile, a good idea and a Twitter account to build a business that lasts. So author, CEO, founder, consultant trainer coach speaker keynote speaker you got a
0: lot of you got a lot of stuff man podcaster whiskey drinker you didn't you didn't read that one why'd you leave that out man i, I that was a mistake we, we should have. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what's what's your favorite whiskey
0: that is so hard to answer man and then every if, day, if, I'm if I were going to love with a new one. Um, what if I know, were only going to have, what What if I were a sales guy and I needed one bottle of
1: whiskey and I've just been drinking Jim Beam and all oh, of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need, I, I need, I need something new. I got to treat myself. What do you, bourbon, what direction do you send feelings. them?
0: Feelings. So, well people, a lot of people don't realize, you know, there's bourbon whiskey and there's scotch whiskey. Uh huh. So you can't ask somebody if they're a whiskey drinker. You got to, um, well, you, you got to ask them what type of whiskey, right? You got to ask them, do they like bourbon or, or do they like scotch? Cause they're, mm-hmm. they're very different. Um, so, you know, my favorite bourbon right now is probably Blanton's. Okay. Um, comes with a little, little figurines on the top, little, uh, horse racing dudes. Um, and you know, my favorite scotch, who knows? I'm going to Scotland, um, in November. So I, I'll let you know, I've got, uh, quite a few flavors well, what's your what's your favorite right now? If I just made if you could only have one bottle, if 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 you're you,
1: you're going to the store right now, you're going to buy one bottle
0: oh,
1: of of scotch. Scotch.
0: Hold on, man. Hold on. Hold on. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I love that it's with arm within my, arm's reach. I my wife it. made
0: me uh, the collection got a little big. My wife made me move it out of the front of the house to my office. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a perfect this, place for it. Yeah, this Balvenie. Um, okay, double wood. I I have had the Balvenie
1: double wood, but not in a brown bottle like that. Oh, I've, I, I've,
0: 17 years. Oh, um, I've had the. I think I've had the twelve. I've had the twelve. This is about one hundred ninety nine dollars. So this is. Not everybody gets to sip this when they come to the house. (laughs) All right. uh, So you get one bottle, you're going with the, I've always called that Balvini,
1: but I'm not very well cultured.
0: Yeah, that, that, that could be a Balvini, I think is, is correct. Um, but you know, you know, what's kind of funny is that Costco, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. has very good scotch and bourbons. Like their, like their Costco brand or just the brands they carry? Yes. Costco. It's kind of shocking. I know some snobs will turn their noses up, uh, but I will buy big bottles of that and just keep it in the house. So okay. when somebody comes over that doesn't know much, <laughs> and, and I don't know if I like them enough for this. Right, you know, right. I'll drink it with them. I'm, I will drink it and I enjoy it. So I'll, I'll share that. So, um, you know, if you're new, if you're new to bourbons and scotches, go get you some um, some Costco. Well, that is great advice.
1: So we'll now move on to the outside sales portion.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, no, it is sales, man. You got to know how to drink. <laughs> that's, that's right. So Your sale could be over before it begins if you show up with the wrong booze. That's a good point. That is a great point. So, uh, Wes, you've got deep expertise, obviously,
1: in so many areas. So I've, I, we've, we've kind of selected a few topics to have you discuss with, with respect to field sales and outside salespeople. Um, So how can outside sales reps maximize their time out in the field in front of customers and leads?
0: Uh, they should use badger uh, mapping software. (laughs) That's a good idea. I love, I love where your head's at. I love where your head's at. Any, any other ideas? That's it. We're done. Uh, (laughs) Let's have a drink. All right. It's a wrap. Um, but you know, being, being semi serious, uh, that it is a good tool. Um, so back in the day, when I was knocking on doors, working territories, um, I would—I had to batch my efforts, right? And, and still to this day, I'll batch my efforts. I, I batch my own podcast production and recording. Uh, I batch my content creation. So as an outside salesperson, you, it's like Southwest Airlines. They make money because they keep their planes in the air more than everybody else they have that 20 minute turnaround time, right? Mm-hmm. They're not sitting on the tarmac, you know, parked at the gate for two hours, uh, cause you're not making money if the plane's not flying. Mm-hmm. So you're not making money if you're driving around across town. Uh, so be efficient with your efforts. You know, uh, when my, my last technology job, you know, I lived in Texas, but I covered 18 Western states. Okay. And I had my, my target accounts and I would call and call and call. And once I landed one key account appointment, all right, let's say I'm calling for next week. Uh, you know, hey, you know, can you meet Wednesday, Thursday next week? They go, yeah, I can meet Wednesday. You know, 10 a.m., great. Now I uh, make my plans and I'm calling like crazy all around that location. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve, I'm going to be in, you know, San Francisco. I- I'm going to be in Mountain View. You know, I got a 10 a.m. appointment Wednesday. How about lunch on Wednesday, lunch on Thursday? What works for you, right? I'm going to start working around that area to right. be as compact and efficient as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, because especially when you work, uh, a, a distant territory, when they know you're coming into town, um, prospects tend to be a little more, a uh, little more accommodating, mm-hmm. right? A little more willing to, to meet. So, I mean, that's one thing that I would recommend. And so, I mean, having a tool like yours, uh, can be a big help, uh, even working you know, a, a local area. If, um, if you're not traveling.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that, that's, that's one of the key things we're trying to do around here. Um, as a sales speaker and author, you encourage people to try to sell more and faster uh, to achieve a better worth, work-life balance. What, what is the first step you recommend to do that?
0: Uh, well, the, you have two different things going on there. Uh, and in general, and Everything I say, I'll probably contradict myself five minutes later, okay? (laughs) Such is life. Because you do, you want to sell faster. You know, time kills deals. Conversely, if you appear to be hungry or desperate, and you're trying to push a sale and close it prematurely, you may close that sale at the end of the month, end of the quarter, but it's going to be tougher to sell to that person again, and it's going to be really tough to sell to them at full price, okay? So there's a time to push. There's a time to kind of coast and and let the deal kind of germinate and work its way through, right? So um, you need to understand that unless there's a call to action, no action will be taken, okay? You have to learn how to work through the scenario so that the sale becomes an easy and obvious next step. Uh, but sometimes it's not. So sometimes you do have to actually ask for the sale. personally. like if, if I'm doing it right, the prospect is saying, Hey, well, what are the next steps? Or, Hey, how do we get started? Or, Hey, I really like this. Can, can you send me a link? You know, I'm ready to get started. That's when you know you did it absolutely perfectly. Uh, but I've done sales for 22 years. I get some of those, but I still, not everyone is like that. So you need to understand how to move the sail along, when to push, when to pull. And honestly, a lot of that is just over time. You know, I just, I just got done with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, you know, I, I train four or five times a week. Um, I'm still a white belt. And this brand-new kid came in, really strong, young, you know. But I beat him. I beat him pretty easy because um, he, he just hasn't put in the effort. He hasn't put in the time yet, the repetitions. But then I, I trained with some brown belts that have been trained many more years. They beat me easily. You know, and i get frustrated sometimes and they're like, just keep showing up, mm-hmm. put in the time, put in the reps, you know? Yes. You have to train perfectly, right? Practice doesn't make perfect, perfect practice makes perfect. So I don't practice doing the wrong things, right? I practice doing the right things over and over and over again. So, so you have to become a student of human nature. You have to understand um, your number one job or the number one trait is, is empathy, right? Being able to see things through their eyes, through the eyes of the prospect, um, not being hungry. Uh, so it, um, it it's a big, big balancing act. So I've seen you address some of the harder
1: emotional parts of sales and how the job can really put stress on some people. How do you think outside salespeople should change their work style to become happier and more successful in their job?
0: Man, that's like uh, solving world peace, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my dad always say, you know, when when you're when you're up to your neck in alligators, sometimes it's hard to remember that your goal was to drain the swamp, <laughs> right? when you're, when you're asking for freedom, when you're, uh, you know, you want to be more of an entrepreneur, you want to be in control of your own destiny. Well, guess what? That means you're going to run into some tough times. Okay. Uh, you're going to lose that big sale that you thought was going to come through. Um, you're maybe gonna get reassigned to territory. It's going to be office politics. Things are going to shift, uh, and, and not go your way. So, always treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Despite all the layoffs I endured in high tech after the dot com implosion, uh, I was found another job. Usually I was recruited away or I was brought on as soon as they heard I got laid off. Boom. Somebody else picked me up because I treated people the way they want to be treated. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're always building up, um, those kind of karma credits if you will. Right? So, so stay the course, uh, understand if you've got a big enough vision, a big enough goal, um, you'll you can plow through the tough spots. Um, but have someone you can rely on, right? Have a good mentor. Have not not another sales, not a peer that you're going to complain with. Okay, that doesn't do any good. And don't complain anyway. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing working with these high tech companies. When there were layoffs coming, like uh, proficiency uh, uh, efficiencies went way down because everybody's talking to everybody instead of just going out and making sales. Okay. So keep doing your thing. You always say like, imagine if the the Cleveland Cavaliers or, you know, the NBA says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to we're We're reducing the number of teams by two. And we're going to close, you know, the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers those teams are going away. Okay. Would Steph Curry or LeBron James have any problems getting picked up? Okay. I think somebody would take them. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously not everybody on both teams, there's not enough room, right? Teams can have whatever, 14, 15 players. So some of the guys are going to be out of a job, but the best guys will not be out of a job. Okay. Because they, they're the best because of their work ethic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, 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 the reps that they put in. So keep doing the hard things that nobody wants to do. Uh, and things will work out for you. And that, And that's what's tough. Like, like doing jujitsu. I'm right? going and doing these drills, doing these drills. It's literally, literally like karate kid. Wax on, wax off. You're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then he throws a punch and wham, you know, the kid knocks the punch away. Right. And so it's like, why am I making these calls? Why am I sending these newsletters? Why am I sending these emails? Why am I connecting with people on social media? Why am I getting their, sending their text messages? Why am I learning copywriting? Why am I learning uh, persuasion? Why am I learning negotiation? Because it's you're building this huge foundation and it's just sometimes you can't quite see it, right? But it's like this new kid came today. I was doing moves like I haven't done before. They were sunk in my brain though. And finally I get somebody new enough. <laughs> <I> can, <laughs> he just doesn't know. It's not that he, I mean, he's a young kid, great athlete. He's going to be good, but he hasn't trained. And I'm like, mm-hmm. because I've put in the time, you know, 17 months, four or five, six days a week, these things start to sink in. And then when you're ready, you can, you can take advantage of it. Right. So it's a kind of a long answer, right. But it, it's, that's how it goes.
1: Yeah, no, and there, there's a lot of wisdom there. Um, it, you've got a lot of things that you have uh, prescribed over the years, ideas and routines and tips. It, imagine that you're an outside sales rep and you're about to go through your average day. Um, walk me through that day and, and kind of show me how to implement some of the tips that that Wes Schaefer has, how would you implement them in, in the daily routine of a sales rep?
0: Yeah, and you know, there's the uh, the Wes Schaefer 20 years ago and and the Wes today. You know, I um, I succeeded early on because I put in the time. I was literally the first one in the last one out. When I was selling mobile homes, we worked on the up system. And it was literally the first salesperson that got... In that day, got the first prospect that walked up onto the lot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I had a wife. I had two two young kids. I had two boys under one year old, and they weren't twins. All <laughs> right, so my boys are five years or five days apart from from uh, uh, being one year. So they're three hundred sixty days apart. Mm-hmm. I had to make money, okay, and when you do the math, there were six salespeople. So if I was the first one in, then seven people had to come to the store for me to have two opportunities to make a sale. Mm -hmm. If I was the sixth one in, you know, then 13 people would have to come in for me to get, or uh, uh, yeah, 13 would have to come in Mm -hmm. for me to get two opportunities or 12, I'm sorry, 12, Mm -hmm. right? So that's a big difference, seven versus 12. And, and usually that'd be one of us would be off. Uh, so five, right? So one would have to come in for me to get the first one, then six people or six versus 10. So that's a 66% increase in traffic going from six to 10, mm-hmm. 66%. So that's huge. But if I could get my butt up early, right? That means eat right. That means don't get drunk every night. Don't sleep in. Don't have a hangover. So now I'm at the office early. I'm clear-headed. I get the first opportunity. Now I get the sixth opportunity. So I have a 66% better chance than the guy that drug his butt in late. If I don't do anything better than him, if we're exactly even, then the undisciplined person that can't get in on time, I'm going to make 66% more money than he will Mm -hmm. just if we're even but what are the odds that we'll just be even if he's so undisciplined? Okay. So by, by simply putting in more time, you're going to get better then figure out. So just like, again, like in jujitsu, I don't train with other white belts. I find purple and brown belts to train with because they're much more experienced. So the reps that I get, I get more reps, I get better reps and then they'll give me a little nugget, a little, a little, you know, version 1.1 or even step two to the thing we just learned. So I'm getting, I'm getting better practice uh, and I'm getting better tips. So find someone you can emulate. Success leaves clues. Uh, And so, but you, I learned early on, even when I was still an employee, I stopped jumping at the phone and I turned off notifications on my back then they were blackberries, right? I turn off notifications. I need to focus. And so, even if now, sometimes people are in a business where you have to answer the phone, right? The first, maybe in real estate, whatever things come in, and, and you know, if you don't answer, you're gonna lose it. So, you can answer it, and then just quickly, you know, I, I answer you tell, hey, I'm looking at this house, blah blah. blah. Hey, thanks for calling. You know, Wes real estate, may I get your name, Steven? Okay. Hey, is this the best number to call you? I need to wrap something up. I'm I'm putting some paperwork in for another client. Uh, I need five, six, seven minutes. Can I call you right back? Then I can focus on your needs. Okay? It does a couple of things. And you know what? Even if I'm not working on something right now, I'll still do that. Because think about it. If you called, you know, anybody, Donald Trump, Mark Cuban, you know, LeBron James. (laughs) Hey, yeah, LeBron, I'm thinking about getting some basketball uh, coaching, you know, some lessons. Is he just (laughs) going to answer his phone? When you just readily answer your phone, they feel like they got you, like you're their little servant. Okay. So I would answer it. Hey, is it be okay if I call you right back? Now I'm going to, now I get your name. I get your phone number. You know, even in, in my business, I'm getting emails. I'll look somebody up real quick. I'll find them on LinkedIn. I'll find them. Uh, find their website, find their about us page. And I'm going to calm myself down. Just look at any sport. Talking about basketball. These guys have a routine, right? Dribble twice, look up, spin in the hand, dribble two more times. You know, look at golfers. They'll have a two foot putt. They'll do the exact routine because when you get in the routine, you get in the zone. So allow yourself, get yourself in the zone, ready to sell. Okay, so, but then going back again to the blocking and tackling and and, and batching your work, you know, I learned early on that if I could call into big companies before 7.30 or 8 a.m. during lunch or after 5 or 6 p.m., I would reach the boss because the the executive assistants, the secretaries, the receptionists, they're hourly people. They don't come in at 7 a.m. and they don't stay after 5. Okay, so I would batch my prospecting. And because I had different territories, you know, I could come in to in the work in Texas at 8 a.m. and start calling Central uh, Mountain Time Zone, call their 7 a.m. for an hour. I could call the California Time Zone. Okay. I used to do the uh, same thing in a, in a spreadsheet. I would keep track of what time zone people were in so I could do exactly that. Oh, yeah. And then I'd start calling – you know, so it's four o'clock my time. I start calling the East Coast. Start catching people after hours and then work, work through that way. But the same thing with uh, calling at lunchtime. You know, if you're calling um, a small business, mid-sized business, again, they're going to send the hourly people. They ha- by law, they got to let them go have lunch. So you call and you're going to be all cocky and arrogant. You know, yeah, I need to talk to the owner. And it's like, well, you got them and you're mm-hmm. a jerk. And I'm not going to do business with you because you assumed right? you assumed that the person answering the phone was some lowly little gatekeeper or something. Treat everybody like humans. Remember going back earlier, treat everybody right. Treat them like humans. It's, it's going to come back in a good way for you. Very cool.
1: Um, so the next section here, I like to do a, uh, I call it sales in sixty seconds, so a series of uh, a series of a handful of questions that uh, and try to keep the answers short, you know the theory is under sixty seconds and we'll fly through we'll pick your brain and, and have and dump a bunch of great knowledge on people right okay. so first question, what's the most important thing that sales managers should focus
0: on to make their outside sales teams more productive mm, this will be counterintuitive, but I say recruiting mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let everyone know that the bottom 10% are going to be replaced. Uh, Keep bringing in good blood, new blood, new energy. uh, And everyone will kind of bring their game up. And what's your best tip to prioritize clients when it gets busy? Uh, You got to have a good team. You know, you got to be able to delegate. Um, You know, don't try to do everything yourself. Uh, ideally, you have somebody that can help generate quotes, somebody that can help uh, pre-qualify leads, somebody that can uh, hold their hand if it's just um, getting some, some, some quick information that they need. They don't need to get it from you necessarily. So surround yourself with good people you can delegate. All right. That is a great tip. Uh, what are your favorite productivity hacks or tools to make the most of your time? Man, I made a blog post about this. Just use your smartphone smartly. Uh, (laughs) I have an iPhone and there's a text expander built in. Okay. I probably have a hundred short codes on my phone from my address, from my, from my email address, my cell phone number, my bio. You ask for my bio West bio. Boom. It'll send you two different paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Um, I have it for my calendar link for scheduling for the sales podcast, scheduling for the CRM Sushi podcast. So they're all short codes. Um, and I, I bought a program for my computer uh, as well because it works in Safari. It won't work in non Apple apps. So short codes, templates, things like that. That um, anything I tell people look at what you do two or three times a day or four or five times a week and figure out a process for it and automate it if you can. Fantastic what is one common mistake that sales reps should avoid in order to increase their sales efficiency? Uh, stop thinking that everyone is a prospect. Um, not everyone is. And, and, you know, sometimes they might be a prospect tomorrow, okay, but single digit, single percent of people that you speak to today are ready, willing, and able right now to buy from you. So, approach everyone with the idea of disqualifying prospects instead of qualifying, um, and you're going to have an easier time. You're going to be more productive, more effective, you're going to make more money. You
1: commonly say that you're ruthlessly pragmatic. What would this mean in regards to outside sales? Could being more pragmatic lead to better performance, and how?
0: Yeah, because I mean, pragmatic is. You know, being efficient, not doing things just because everybody has done it that way. Um, Again, success leaves clues. Uh, So if I see somebody doing something and they're more successful than me, I want to follow in their footsteps. But as I'm following, I'm analyzing. Like, okay, this is better than what I was doing, but I'm still going to try to figure out, does this even need to be done at all? Okay, there's a lot of things that we do. That, that don't need to be done uh, so I'll always be asking why are we doing it why is it done this way um, and because you can automate right you can delegate uh, or you can just delete it right eliminate um, so be be ruthless in the elimination of silly things that don't add value to your life, uh, your prospects lives.
1: All right. Well, we try to give, uh, an actionable takeaway from each show. What, what can outside sales people do or change today to become more efficient about planning their time, selling in the field and reaching their sales targets. If you had one, one actionable tip to give them, what would that be?
0: Um, I would go back to just, um, what I was saying about using tools to um, use your smartphone, your iPhone, your computer, there's a this program, I've got it called text expander. Uh, I think it works on any type of computer. Um, learn to be as, as efficient as you can in everything that you do, if it's worth doing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and do not be afraid again to delegate. I mean, I, I gave so I would push so much back onto my team. Hopefully, you have a team. Uh, if you don't have a team, get a team. You know, <laughs> hire a VA. You can get a VA overseas for five dollars an hour. Okay, you're a salesperson. You're an entrepreneur. You own your own business. Think like a business owner. Okay, approach problems in thinking and knowing that they have to be done, but they don't have to be done by you. Okay. So figure out how to get things done without you being the one doing it. So true. Great advice.
1: Um, from all your experience, speaking and consulting, uh, with different leaders and outside sales,
0: what's your best advice you'd like to give our listeners? Um, In sales, remember that whoever's asking the questions is in control of the conversation. Uh, But you can ask too many stupid questions. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. Okay.
1: Some people say say there's no wrong questions, no bad questions. In sales,
0: there's a stupid question, right? Imagine, you know, you get you get thirty minutes with Mark Cuban, right? You're, and so you get him on a break from Shark Tank, and you're like, "Hey, Mark, what is the uh, uh, proper image size for a Facebook group?" okay That's a dumb question. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, so the book, you know spin selling, it's probably twenty years old now at least. I read it almost twenty years ago. I, I was given it in like two thousand so eighteen years ago. So, I think it came out in 96, so maybe it's 22 years old, right? It's still relevant. Spin, right? Situation, problem, implication, need, payoff. Situational questions. Hi, Mark Cuban. You know, how many computers do you have at your company? That's a stupid question to ask an executive. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you're asking the questions, you're in control of the conversation until they end the conversation. Now, if you're asking more impactful type questions that get them a involved, get their emotions, get their juices flowing. You know, we've all had it. You've had it. Okay. Yeah, Steve, go ahead. Yeah, I got 15 minutes and you get them involved and now it's 30 and 45 minutes. It's an hour. It's two hours. They're clearing their calendar. They're ordering in lunch. You know, next thing you know, I mean you're there half a day and you're about to close this big account, you know, super fast because you brought up what mattered to them. And so you do that by, by asking better questions. So I, sh- I should modify that, right? Whoever is asking great questions is in control of the conversation.
1: Yeah, such a great thought to keep top of mind. Well, next, what I like to do, uh, just because a lot of our listeners are, are listening to this while they're on the road or cooking dinner or whatever, a lot on the road actually is, is the most common from what, we, from what they tell us. I like to summarize all the things because people often aren't taking notes. So I, I'll try to summarize um, the things that you've said here is in a, in a minute or two. So first one key to maximizing your selling time is batching your work and appointments to be as efficient as possible. For example, when you have a set appointment in a city, see who else you can meet with in that area and make the most out of your time there. And of course, yes, I, I, uh, I know, I know a certain piece of software that helps with that. Nah. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, the badger map. Anyway, uh, and I, I do appreciate the, uh, the, that, you, that you know that you, uh, I, I appreciate that you appreciate what we do. <laughs> but but uh, so, so you need to understand how to move the sale along and when to push forward. Work through the scenarios that you don't actually have to ask for the sale, but it's a natural next step. Focus on practicing the right things and always keep learning to improve your sales skills. We also learned today that empathy and the ability to put yourself in the customer's shoes are key to success in sales. Always treat people the way that you wanna be treated and you'll build a network with people that you can rely on and that will open up new opportunities. Another great piece of advice from today is to keep doing the hard things that no one wants to do. If you put the time in to build a foundation you'll be successful in the future and discipline and putting in more time than anyone else will put you ahead in sales. Another tip is to find your routine and get yourself in the zone to sell. Batch your prospecting early in the morning and after hours to reach the right decision maker. If there's one thing sales manager managers should focus on, it's recruiting the right sales reps for their team. And you mentioned kind of your, uh, I guess what I would call the classic G E, Methodology of, of you're your doing uh you you refresh ten percent of the team a year or 20, I think it was twenty percent at GE, but uh, if everyone knows that they uplevel their game.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, as a quick productivity tip, use short codes in your computer and smartphone to automate small things and work more efficiently. What was the what was the the, the application you mentioned that you used to do that?
0: Uh, on the computer, it's called Text Expander um, on on my Mac,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's built into your iPhone.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Um, so eliminate things that don't add value to your life and don't do things because everybody is doing them. Finally, don't be afraid to delegate. So keep in mind that whoever asks the questions is in control of the conversation, but make sure to ask the right questions. So, Well, this is fantastic, Wes. Where where can listeners read more about your work? How do they reach out to you? What are the best ways?
0: You know, a lot of people misspell the sales whisperer. So go to thebestsalessecrets.com uh, and that'll take you to a landing page on my website and you can browse around from there. But um, I've got uh, 21 secrets learned in 21 years of selling. Um, to help you uh, grow your sales, uh, cut through the clutter, uh, sell more faster, and higher margin with less stress and more fun. And I guarantee it. So go there first. Uh, Thebestsalessecrets.com.
1: Fantastic. And, and we'll put that in the, in the notes of the podcast here because um, I also probably can't spell the word whisperer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, fantastic, Wes. It's been great having you on the show here. Uh, and let's stay in touch.
0: Thanks for having me. All right, take care.